You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, H-A-W-G Sports.com. Truncated week, so this is your Arkansas versus Missouri primer. We're also going to take a look back at the Alabama game, of course. You know we're going to do that. Danny West is going to join us, give us his thoughts on Razorback football, and uh, also talk a little bit about Razorback recruiting. All that and more on Hog Sports Live. And before we get started, I want to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. Always tune in on Facebook Live. Be sure to be one of one of 80,000 Razorback fans to follow that page and let other people know about the show if you think they might like it. Also available on YouTube. Subscribe to that channel. Hit the notifications bell so you're alerted anytime we upload new videos. Also available on Apple Podcasts. Throw us that five-star review if you haven't done so already. Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think I'd find your favorite podcast. Hogsports is just $1 right now for your first month at HAWGsports.com. Be sure to sign up for our free text alerts and our 247 Sports newsletter that uh, we'll just send all of our free content to you so if you haven't signed up go ahead and sign up for our um, our service at one dollar a month and uh, if you don't want to do that now we appreciate you reading the free content we sell ads too but we love those subscribers all right as I mentioned we're going to get to Danny West here in a little bit so first I just want to kind of go over a few things that happened last weekend and you know it's first of all Arkansas went above and beyond uh, what most anybody thought that they were going to do in this one. And I, I just have, I have a hard time with, like, people dropping Arkansas out of the polls. Like, they finished 25th, right? They were 21st in the AP. They would drop down to 25th. They were 22nd in the coaches. They dropped down to, uh, well, outside of the top 25 in that one. And so, like, what were you expecting them to do? Like, were you saying, like, okay, for Arkansas, we've got them 22nd, 21st. For them to stay in the poll, they're going to have to beat Alabama, for them to stay, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, they went out there. They were a 20-and-a-half-point favorite, uh, Alabama was. They went over there. They lost by seven. They played their guts out, and you drop them. I just think that's that's ignorant. And it goes back to a big part of it is, like, you have fans – or, excuse me, you have uh, uh, writers and stuff. And I've talked about this a lot, too. Like, you know, traveling on the road for an away game – and you also have a vote, you know, you like you're covering your own team and like covering a team at home or watching on TV, obviously, you just get to watch a lot more football doing that because you're not spending all the time traveling and getting your bearings and figuring stuff out, staying in a hotel and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I just wonder like how many of these people like just saw the score or thought maybe Arkansas got lucky, which I thought Alabama got lucky, just thought Arkansas got lucky or something, you know, or just not paying attention. And then with the coaches poll, that's not coaches that are filling it out. It's sports information, people. I don't even know if it's the head guy. That may be better because those guys are like deep diving stats and stuff, but they're they're dealing with their own teams also, you know, throughout an entire game day. So there's some flaws with both of those systems. College football playoff poll comes out Tuesday. We'll see how that one shakes out because those guys at least are a little more – they watch a lot more football. So um, at least there's that. But anyway, I just thought it was kind of ridiculous Arkansas would fall in the polls after – playing the way they did, playing their guts out. K.J. Jefferson, 22-30, 326, three touchdowns, 197.6 efficiency rating. Outstanding day for K.J. Jefferson. Really should have been 22-30 for 327 and four touchdowns. I thought that was a touchdown to Warren Thompson. I've looked at it over and over again. I still think when his leg went down, he was across the goal line. 
for some reason, you, I don't know. It does. There is a sense that you just don't get the calls right against Alabama, you know. And I do think the refs, for the most part, in the second half, called the game well. You know, going back and look at it, I do, however, think Jameson Williams' uh, touchdown catch. I don't think that was a catch. I think he was still did not have control of the ball. He lost control of it. It's you know, you know, it's kind of popping out. Even you know, he caught it kind of funny because it's like it's sticking way out at the end, and then he's like trying to pull it in and. I thought I felt like he went out of bounds when you know when everything you know when you piece it all together. I thought he was out of bounds. I thought it wasn't a catch, but it's still pretty close, and I can see how it's hard to to overturn that. But I do kind of feel like Arkansas might have gotten overturned if it had been the other way around. I don't know. I don't know why I feel like that, but everybody seems to feel like that. Like you look around, like other people. Bo Nix was even calling you know questionable questionable calls and stuff like that. So um, I felt like in the first half there were like three or four times where Alabama should have been called for pass interference at least three times. One time maybe it was defensive holding. But it happened like second down, it looks like, okay, he gets there a little bit early, where's the pass interference flag? And then third down on the same drive, you know, Traylon Burks is clearly pulled where he can't get to the ball. It's defensive holding. It's back-to-back plays. Like, how are you supposed to overcome that? You know, like, you don't complain about the refs. You just got to overcome. Well, you can't overcome it. They just, like, the guy you're throwing to, they interfere with them back-to-back. I mean, anyway, Arkansas kept on battling. I kept saying on the walk and talk it was 31-17 at halftime, and it looked like, you know, Arkansas, it was fun while it lasted. But it was 31-14. I don't know why I was saying that, but it's an off-the-cuff deal where – you know, I get things wrong doing it like that. So, but anyway, they battled back, never, never stopped, just kept fighting. And um, you got to give them a lot of credit for the way they battled. Now, there were some concerning things, obviously, on the back end. Arkansas is doing some things. You know, so there's some, you know, with dropping eight and cover three, cloud, all that stuff. They they shouldn't just be running past you in the secondary. And Arkansas gave up 559 yards, which is an Alabama record for passing in, in a in a game. And I don't know, Arkansas – and they were without some guys, like you know, having Hudson Clark, and Hudson Clark catches some flack, but Hudson Clark is a good player for him, and, you know, not having him out there, and, of course, not having Jalen Catalan. You know, there's some things might have gone differently with Jalen Catalan out there, but they just got to get they, – they've got to get some better overall depth in the secondary, um, and I think that really showed in this game. The rest of the defense played pretty dang well, though. I mean, like – Pretty good job overall for for most of the secondary. They limited Brian Robinson to four and a half yards carry on 27 rushes. But those Alabama receivers torched him pretty good, as did Bryce Young. So, K.J. was 22 of 30. Traylon Smith was nine for 42. Traylon Burks, eight catches, 179 yards, two touchdowns. Not a Bolitnikoff Award semifinalist. In fact, there's only one Bolitnikoff Award semifinalist from the SEC, and that's Jamison Williams. All the other guys are from all the other conferences, you know, and wherever else. Like, really, there's only one guy in the SEC good enough to be on, like, a 10-, 12-man semifinal list for the Bolitnikoff. Only one receiver in the SEC is good enough. Give me a break. Talk about just, like, looking at stats and stuff. And Burks' stats are good enough to be on there. But it doesn't take into account, like, what a stud he is and how much defense is dedicated to taking him away. You know, all the things that they do. Plus, you know, Arkansas is on a big, you know, passing offense. But, I mean, his numbers, even with all that, are still good enough. We're not going to talk a lot about Arkansas versus Kansas State. That's tonight. 
because a lot of you, this is the primer, so a lot of you guys will be watching it later. And Curtis Wilkerson is there in Kansas City or on his way, and he's going to be doing a couple of different stand-ups there. Uh, so we'll have that. He won't be doing like hog hoops live or anything because he's on location, but he'll be doing some stuff after the games, I'm sure. But just real quick for those of you who are listening right now, Monday, November 22nd, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time at T-Mobile Center. That's 18,792 capacity in Kansas City, Missouri. Kansas State Wildcats, 2-0. 0-0 in the Big 12 versus number 13, Arkansas Razorbacks. Arkansas basketball did move up 3-0, 0-0 in the SEC. Arkansas's 13th. They're going to be tested by some teams. I still feel like they have a long way to go as far as gelling. I'm not going to, again, get it, get in too much to it, but I do feel like they have a long way to go still. They've got a lot of pieces, and, of course, we've seen Eric Musselman take teams that are kind of pieced together with, you know, recruits and transfer portal and not many new faces and all that stuff, and we've seen those teams come together and be pretty darn good. Last year was an example, year before even, a little. But um, obviously a lot of new faces there. But Arkansas in the top 25 and moving up to from 16 to 13. They, they started off at 16, so this is the first time they moved up. All right, I want to touch on a few things numbers-wise real quick. K.J. Jefferson right now for the season, 169 of 256 passing. That's 66%, 2,316 yards. Nine yards per completion, nine yards per attempt, I should say. 20 touchdowns, three interceptions. Hasn't thrown an interception in a long time. Going into the game, he had 119 consecutive passes without an interception. He needs – I mean, he's going to have to throw for almost 700 yards in this game, in the bowl game, to top 3,000. He's also like 495 or 497 rushing yards. I can't remember exactly what his rushing yards are, but he's about to top 500 there. Which KJ is the best running quarterback Arkansas has had since Matt Jones in 2004. Jones put up better numbers, like better total yards and stuff every year, and there's still some time left. But um, he also averaged like 7.3 yards carry, and KJ is like 4.5. But I mean, KJ does a lot. KJ is probably a better thrower than Matt was. Traylon Burks, third in the SEC with 975 receiving yards. Not good enough to be on the Bolitnikoff Award watch list, but he's third in the SEC with 975 receiving yards. So he needs 25 yards to clip 1,000 in the regular season. Ten touchdowns, which is second in the SEC. 59 catches, which is decent far down, but you know he averages 16.5 yards a catch, so it bumps his totals up. Bumper Pool is second in the SEC in tackles with 107. He's 20 behind Damone Clark, so he'd have to make up that this next game and in a bowl game. I mean, he's basically going to have to make up 20 tackles probably. So that's probably not happening for Bumper. Probably going to finish second. He's firmly in second place, so probably should will finish second. Grant Morgan is fourth with 89 tackles, so he needs 11 to get over 100. And Hayden Henry uh, needs 15. He's eighth with 85 tackles. So two, four, and eight leading tacklers in the SEC right now at Arkansas with a game to play. Trey Williams is tied for seventh with six sacks. He didn't have one in the last game. Monteric Brown is second in the SEC, tied for second with one other player with four interceptions. He's got a chance at all SEC recognition this year. Had one bad play in the game Saturday. Well, I mean, I say it was a bad play. He, you know, him and another player ran into each other. That's how he was able to – the Alabama receiver was able to get open. So, K.J. has 496 yards rushing. I split it. I said 495 or 497. And averaging 4.1 yards per rush, five rushing touchdowns. The leading rusher for, the, for Arkansas is Traylon Smith with 555, averaging 5.1 yards carry, four touchdowns. 
And Dominic Sanders leads Arkansas with seven rushing touchdowns, 479 yards, 5.9 yards per rush. He got a little banged up. Traylon Burks, I should mention also, uh, practice yesterday. Sounds like he's going to be fine. He's just sore and beat up a little bit. Um, and I don't know on Dominic Johnson. Also, Dalton Wagner's coming back. We found that out because, you know, senior day. So, I asked Sam Pittman today at the press conference, like, you know, because it's kind of tricky, super seniors and all this stuff. Like, who's who's walking for senior day and all this stuff? And last year they pretty much all walked, and then you had a bunch of them come back. But uh, this one – uh, Wagner is the only guy who's, you know, basically said, no, I'm not going to walk. I'm coming back. So, Arkansas, that means basically gets four starting offensive linemen back from this team. So, that's good. Plus, you got other guys like Takias Crawford, Jalen St. John, you know, some guys that have a lot of ability that are still cooking, coming on up. I don't want to go over a whole lot with Missouri. Looking ahead with Missouri's offense with 50 – or, excuse me, uh, their 30th – or, excuse me, Ninth in the SEC in scoring offense, 30.8 points per game. Arkansas is seventh in scoring defense, 24.6. And Missouri is 13th in scoring defense, 34.7. And Arkansas is eighth in scoring offense, 31.3. But Missouri's offensive numbers aren't just like astronomical or anything. I don't want to go over all every single one of these. I mean, that's easy for anybody to look up. Uh, but Tyler Beatty, who leads the SEC in rushing, 227 carries, 1,385 yards, 6.1 yards per carry, 13 touchdowns. He's definitely a guy that deserves a lot of focus. He's also their leading pass catcher with 53 catches. He's third in receiving yards with 335 and first with touchdowns with four. So 17 total touchdowns for this kid. So he's definitely a guy you're going to have to keep an eye on. Connor Bazelak isn't having really just an outstanding year I think he's having maybe a little worse year than he had last year but he's 236 at 351 for 2,483 yards 16 touchdowns and 10 interceptions so he's got quite quite a, a high number of interceptions this season anyway I just wanted to touch on a few of those numbers all right we'll get to Danny West now for those of you who aren't following Danny West you can follow Danny at Danny West 24 7 on Twitter, he does, I mean, the best in the business when it comes to Razorback recruiting, but also does so much more with his analysis on Razorback football and every, all the other sports and stuff. So, does a great job. Danny, how you doing, my man? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Trey, what's going on? Got you back with us. So Yeah, let's try this again. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about Missouri. And I'll tell you what I don't like about Eli Drinkwitz. Okay. All right. Well, 
first of all, I just, you know, when people think they're funny and they're yeah. not, I just, I just see him <laughs> as that kind of guy, you know, just like, yeah. or think you're cool and you're not just, you're just a try hard. And that's, that to me is Eli Drinkwitz. And also I just, I hate that like the, like the, you know, they beat Florida in overtime, you know, and Dan Mullen's on his way out about to get fired and you're going to do like the Darth Vader thing that he did last year was, you know, just kind of for his kids, Halloween. It doesn't have anything to do with Missouri. And he's going to kind of right. throw shade at him with, the, you know, may the force be with Kick, you. Yeah. As Kick he's him on the way knowing out. he's yeah. getting about to get fired. I just right. think that Eli Drinkwitz and Sam Pittman couldn't be more different personality wise. Yeah, I'll tell you, you know, not to backtrack too much, but you sure would have liked to seen what it would have been like between Brett Bielema and this guy. Oh if yeah, they were <laughs> oh. at the same time. Yeah, mm. you could, I could see Brett bullying that guy a little bit. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> and enjoying it, no doubt about it. But yeah, I, I thought that was in poor taste too. You know, uh, there's a lot of reasons to have this game circled if you're mm-hmm. Arkansas, uh, and you know, you think about some of his comments at SEC media days. Yeah. I don't think that sat well with Arkansas he had no I mean yeah it's talking season I get it you are trying to mix it up and create a rivalry but I thought it was a little bit uncalled for it you know well he's he's one and oh against Arkansas he's not five and oh yeah doing Barry Odom is four and oh against Arkansas yeah and uh you know he needed a miracle to win it last year Arkansas just gave it up there at the end and and got out of there with a the loss. More power to you. But, yeah, I thought that was in poor taste, too. So, we'll see this uh, this Friday, I guess. Almost said Saturday. It's yeah. going to be a weird one. But, Friday at 2.30. Uh, yeah. I know. Yeah. They Actually, it, this game's always at one thirty. you know. I don't I know. I didn't even. I didn't, 1 or one thirty. I, I didn't yeah, know if I, I think it, that or what. I think it's always one thirty, And I just happened to notice the other day. I was like, is that right? Is that is this Eastern time or something? Yeah. But, no, it's it's 2.30 Central time. So, I like that a little we'll bit better. It. It'll be better for recruits and stuff like that. And we know that there are going to be a couple guys up there for this one, right, Danny? Yeah, they're actually uh, – I think I've got four four-star guys for the 2023 class already confirmed. And, and a couple of those, Trey, are top 100 prospects in the country. So, I mean, of course, throughout the week I'm going to be – talking to guys and hopefully adding several more names to that list. But, you know, been sending out a lot of texts today trying to get fillers for who's coming. And and uh, I think it's going to end up being a really good group there. But uh, if you wanted me to, I could run through a few of the, the names. Yeah, let's hear, a couple of the, let's hear a couple okay. of the names. You don't have to give away right. the form, but let's hear a couple sure. of the names. Uh, well, I'll throw out uh, Coppell, Texas safety, Braxton Myers. This is a – I think he's number 107 in the country, uh, 6'1", 185. He's actually – I think he's been here he, – he was here in June, maybe returned in July. I know he went to the Texas A&M game as a, uh, a guest of Arkansas. Of course, they couldn't have any in-person contact with him at that game. But, of course, he made that trip, and now he's coming back for this one. I think that's uh, – you're starting to move in yeah. the positive direction there. Then I want to talk about this offensive lineman real quick, throw him out there. Uh, we've actually got him 24-7 sports, has him at number 94 overall in the country. He's a four-star offensive tackle. Charles Jagusa, I guess is how you say his name, big guy, 6'6", 308 out of Illinois. So uh, Rock Island, Illinois. This is a guy they just offered last month, early in, in October, and 
uh, suddenly he's already getting on campus. I think that's another really good sign. And, you know, I, I'll save the, the rest of the names here for later in the week, but people can check that out on Hog Sports, and, and we appreciate them doing so. But, yeah, I think it's going to be a really good uh, good opportunity to get kids on campus. Of course, uh, you could spend a little more time with them, I would think, after the game. You don't mm-hmm. have to turn around and, you know, get ready for – uh, film room sessions tomorrow and training room and all that stuff. Maybe uh, get a few to stick around and enjoy their weekend with you. Danny West joining us. You can follow him at Danny West 24-7. Danny, do you think KJ was guilty of personal of, uh, of uh, intentional grounding? Oh, no, that was garbage, man. So bad. <laughs> that that one just popped in my bad. head for some reason. I, I was going over some of the things that, that irked me a little bit. and that's, You know, I had I – had, completely forgotten about that i thought you were going to go with the targeting Uh, there were a couple that i thought could have been targeting and Mm -hmm. probably would have been had it been flipped around well the Uh, kj jefferson kj jefferson they're like sitting there trying to figure out if he's a foot shy of the mark which he was but Mm -hmm. we're going to totally ignore the fact that dude lowered his his helmet and and tagged him in the side of the helmet It it was targeting it's tar- yeah. every textbook definition of targeting. It was, and they're reviewing it, and they're just like, and and that's a reviewable deal, you know, and they're just going to ignore it. But maybe uh, Bo Nix was on to something. Did you maybe, see his yeah, I saw today? that. Hey, I'll, I'll tell you another thing that I didn't notice, Danny. You know, you remember when Alabama got called for delay a game, and then they they reversed it and said the play clock never. Mm-hmm. Well, I was listening to Grant Hall on my way to the press uh, to the, uh, or I guess my way back from the press conference today, and he was saying that that the play clock, it did restart, and then 43 seconds later they threw the flag. He said it, oh, wow. it, he said it did restart and that, Alab, uh, that Nick Saban talked him out of it, but it was it was delay game, and that would have brought up fourth and six on yep. fourth and one. Can't say I'm, I'm stunned on that one, buddy. No, it's not, there's no yeah, such thing as Alabama privilege. Uh, not, no, real. not at all. <laughs> not at all. But I'll tell you, I, got, well, I was – What? I was, Go uh, ahead. I was really impressed with Arkansas. You know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, just the physicality that they came with in that game. I, I was telling some buddies, I, I think it's probably the most physical. I know they lost the game, and mm-hmm. that's all that matters. But it, in terms of just showing up and, and going toe-to-toe with, uh, you know, what I consider the best program in the country, I know Georgia's probably going to win it all this year, and that's okay. But, uh, you know, Alabama is the standard, and they went toe-to-toe with those guys from a physical standpoint. Mm-hmm. That's really tough to do. Yeah. Uh, sure, anybody can come into a game hyped up and, you know, uh, let's go get after them. But to do it for four quarters against that group, really, really impressive. Arkansas's best showing in Tuscaloosa since 2007, I think, hands down. They had a, they had a good one there in 2015, I believe. But uh, really their best showing mm-hmm. there um, since 2007 with McFadden on the team and stuff. Um, you know, I got, I got criticized a little bit after the uh, LSU game because I was talking about all the official stuff that, you know, that bugged me in that one. And, you know, I was told I had a victim mentality and stuff. And, you know, you can't complain well, about the officials. About <laughs> but this one I was told I didn't, I didn't complain about the officiating enough in this one. So I can't, I can't <laughs> win either way. <laughs> yeah. Just watching the game, I was uh, I was thinking of you. I was thinking, man, Trey is going to kill these refs. <laughs> like, like if he was that pissed about LSU, man, he's about to go in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. These dudes. Well, but I mean, I, I really did. Justified. I thought the first half was a disaster by the refs, and I, I thought the second half maybe there were a couple things, but you know, overall, it's you're the away team too, you know. So sure, you just kind of got to figure you're going to get poor calls. I, I do wonder how this game would have played out if it had been in Fayetteville. 
I think Arkansas, Ooh, would, I think Arkansas would have pulled it out. That's fun to think about. Yeah. You know, another I, thing I, I have a problem with, though, Dan, I, there I go talking over. I, I was I was also asked not to talk over my guest. So go ahead with oh. your thought. Oh, I, I had no <laughs> thought. I was just thinking about that as well. Like, you know, had that game been in Fayetteville, yeah. I'm probably with you. I think I think Arkansas probably comes out on top there. And that's another thing, though, that, that – upsets me a little bit about Arkansas dropping in the polls and falling out of the coaches poll because they have the toughest schedule in college football the toughest like hands down everybody had a, who had a list Arkansas has got the toughest David Pollock said Arkansas had no chance at winning nine games just because of the schedule they play um, which you know, they're close but uh, I just it, it just bugs me like they're seven and four they just went to Alabama where they were almost 21-point underdogs, three-touchdown underdog, and lost by a touchdown and battled them the whole way. And uh, and they dropped in the poll. Like, what was your what was your qualification for Arkansas to stay in the top 25 poll after you voted them in last week? To beat Alabama? Yeah. I mean, what was the what was the measure there? Yeah, I talked to some people at, on Arkansas's end. I can't say who, obviously, but uh, a couple of them thought they were going to move up in yeah. the rankings. And I was with them. Uh, you know, if you watch that game – Instead of just checking the box score, like, you know, dude, there's some lazy sports writers out there. Yeah. Let's just call it what it is. There are, but Danny, there are also some that are like traveling on the road. Sure. They, yeah. And covering their own yeah. team and can't watch football. You know, it's a, yeah. it's a problem. A, yeah. It's a problem. And it makes you wonder about the, you know, validity, I guess, of some of these polls. That yeah. I don't really put a, too much stock into them. The college football playoff poll, because those, those guys are, are generally just watching football, you know, all That's weekend it. and stuff. Yep. So it's a little bit better measure, even though nobody's going to get it quite right. I mean, you just, you're just not. So I thought you had a good article too, Danny, about um, the Bolitnikoff Award semifinalists. And there's no, there's one SEC player on this list. Like all the best wide receivers are, are elsewhere, not, not in the SEC. I mean, it's right. just, it's just ridiculous. And, and Burks's numbers are good enough to be on here. There are guys yep. with, you know, very similar numbers to him and certainly not doing it in the SEC and certainly not, you know, having defenses, the quality of the SEC that are just dead-eye focused on him, on stopping him because really he's been the only guy – I mean, like they, they have some – you know, Warren Thompson pops his head in there and um, Tyson Morris, you know, has done some good things for him too. But, like, generally, like, that's where Mike Wood's leaving really hurt them, you know, because he was a threat to, to house it on you. And, you know, there hadn't been really a guy that stepped up into his role. You know, I'd be curious to find out when, and it's none of my business, I don't have a vote. I wish I did for that award there, but I'd be curious to know when they actually had to submit their semifinalist uh, ballots. Mm -hmm. You know, because you think about the timing of it, Traylon's coming off of a really uh, pretty poor LSU game. He had four catches, 16 yards. I mean, if he's coming off that Alabama performance, maybe, you know, maybe it's a different conversation. But to say he's not a top 10 the top 10 in the country? Yeah. Oh, come on now. He might be number one yeah. uh, by a lot of people's uh, measure. I guess uh, I would assume half the people probably would have him number one. What do you think? Maybe not half, but a quarter. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that he gets drafted higher than everybody on this list. Maybe Jameson Williams gets drafted above him or something. But Williams is a stud. I'm going to say – I'm going to say that nobody else gets drafted above him on this list. Yeah. Step out there. Yeah. All right, Danny. Yeah. You got anything else you want to add? No, uh, that's pretty much it. Gearing up for uh, National Signing Day, early yeah. signing period coming up December 15th. So, talking to a lot of kids. Matter of fact, J.J. Hollingsworth, 
invited me this morning to his uh, signing day. So shout out, JJ. I appreciated that. But, yeah, yeah just trying to get all the content ready and should be a fun one. Yeah, and uh, Coach Piven had a few comments today about uh, about just uh, where they are in recruiting and with this class and then, of course, looking ahead to 2023 just based off this success that they've had this season and how it's kind of opened some doors for them in that regard too. So maybe we'll see some – some things happening in that 2023 class as well. And they've got they got some visitors coming this weekend, but they've got some stuff coming up right after this weekend also. I mean, they've got, they, they'll have more visitors coming in, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, Sunday, let's talk about Sunday real quick. Okay. That's, that starts the contact period. So, you know, for people that don't keep up with the terminology and all the different periods that go on, the contact period is when the coaches can go out and do your in-home visits and, and be uh, have in-person contact with the prospect and his family and coaches and so forth. So that runs through December 11th. So I would imagine they're going to be, you know, pretty spaced out there. But um, in between there, Friday, December 3rd, Samuel Mbake is a four-star wide receiver in this year's class, one to keep an eye on Mm -hmm. out of North Cobb down in Georgia, your neck of the woods. North Cobb's a powerhouse, by the way. But, uh, yeah, big-time four-star wide receiver there. So keep an eye on Mr. Mbake. Mbake. All right, Danny. Appreciate you, brother. You got it. See you. All right, everybody. That's Danny West. Again, follow him at Danny West 247. Razorbacks, um, Hog Sports recruiting analyst, does a great job. I've got to admit, like, the first half of this show has been very weird because we, um, for those of you who are just watching on YouTube and stuff, we went through this little cord right here on the back of my microphone was just just a little bit out just enough when you bend this thing this cord bends and it was just out enough and we were doing the whole show for like 25 minutes without any audio and so the first half of this show everything I've done I felt like I've rehearsed which is really weird and the first half of our our conversation mine and Danny's conversation were things we, we had just talked about with each other so it almost feels like it's rehearsed and it just doesn't I hope it's okay because it just didn't feel natural, and that's how we want this show to come across. It's very natural, and you know, like we're lit- I'm literally going over here, and I'm thinking, did I say that already, or did I say that before when we messed up? So, anyway, we got the audio working now. All right, we're going to go to your questions, but before we do that, one last time, if you haven't signed up at Hogsports.com, sign up. It's it's $1 for your first month, HAWGsports.com. You heard Danny West talk about some of the recruiting stuff coming up with the contact period opening up on Sunday, signing day starting on the 15th. So a lot of stuff going on with Razorback recruiting. Basketball really starting to gear up. Curtis Wilkerson takes stuff to another level when it comes to, like, his VIP breakdowns and stuff. Like, you know, he does standard game content and stuff like that. But he also takes it to another level with player grades, analysis, all that kind of stuff. So if you love Razorback basketball, first of all, you need to be covering – you need to be following Curtis at Kurt Wilkerson under score but you also need a vip subscription to hog sports and it's just one dollar try it out for a month see if you like it i promise you're gonna that's how we get you that's how we're gonna get you we're gonna get you in for a dollar and you're gonna be like whoa this is great look at all this content look at the razors as message board trey biddy was telling me about this and i waited forever and i didn't sign up i like the show i like drive time sports i like the free content they pulled out but i never pulled the curtain back to see what they got for their vip people so now is the time to do it all right facebook live YouTube, Apple Podcasts, throw us a five-star review, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. Let's get to your questions now. All right. Isaac Riley says, loud and clear. Appreciate that. Everybody's pleased with the sound. (laughs) Chad Everett says, good afternoon from South Georgia. 
How did a flag get thrown on the late hit out of bounds on Burks? I don't I don't know if it was out of bounds. I don't know. I think it was just a hit. I think he just knocked the crap out of him. I mean, really. I mean, that dude was a stud coming at him, and Traylon Burks is looking, trying to track the ball. And, um, I mean, it's not like you can call a defense, defenseless player there or anything because, you know. So, I mean, one guy's looking for the ball, and the other guy's just looking to, to nail him. And it was unfortunate, but I don't, I don't know if it was a bad football play. <laughs> George Holmer says everybody felt sorry for me. Well, I didn't want to have to redo the show, but we're going to redo it. We're going to get it right. One little one little chord. Trey, George Holmer says, did Trey, Trey did Kirk come to Kansas City for the Hall of Fame class? Yep. He should be there probably about now. I think he left this morning, so he'll be up there for both games. Zachary Camp says, hey, man, that stuff happens, but glad you're still fired up about the podcast. Greg Henderson says, Woo Pig Suey. Tyler Tober says, Why does Browse give up on third and long on what seems every drive? Third and five, he'll do a dump off to the running back. You know, I, I do get frustrated from time to time with uh, throwing short of the line of scrimmage. I felt like they did that a lot against LSU, did it some against Mississippi State. I don't know that they did that a lot in this game. I mean, there might have been a time or two where they kind of, you know, just took their medicine, but I don't remember them. I mean, like in that last drive, it's fourth down and whatever. I mean, that's fourth down. It's not third down, which you said. But it's fourth and 11, I think, and they, they got that one. But um, I felt like they did a better job of that in this one than they did in the last couple. Norman Hunt says Gary Danielson said they played their ass off. He did not say ass. Then said, whoa, did I just say ass? He did? That was funny right there. I don't, I don't, I don't think I caught that. <laughs> I was surprised to hear him say that. Norman Hunt says, our kingdom for one more possession. Yeah. Jason Whaley says, can you please tell me why there won't be major comebacks by Matthew this time? I need some positive thoughts. Well, Arkansas is a 14-point favorite. I still think it would probably be a battle. I mean, I think it's probably good in a sense for Arkansas that they got bowl eligible because it's not you're not like playing for bowl eligibility. You're eligible now. But, um, you know, versus just, you know, fighting tooth and nail. But I think it'll probably be a battle again. You know, as much as everybody wants to see them just clobber Missouri, I mean, I'm not saying like – I don't know. I mean, it. it's not like you can't get up for this game. You know, it's at home. It's the last time for seniors. But I, I'm not I, – I, for some reason, I just kind of think that Missouri will just kind of needle their way in there. You know, it's kind of in an annoying way. Jason – but I still think Arkansas is going to win this one. I think they're going to stop the streak. Jason Whaley says, can you please yep, – you just said that. Ethan Malone says, what's the rule for stopping the clock when a player runs out of bounds? I noticed with five minutes left, the fourth, A.J. Green ran out of bounds and the clock kept rolling. Yeah, it should have stopped. I don't know. It should have stopped. I, get, I, just, I didn't notice. I guess there's a couple things I didn't notice. Yancey Long says, I love how salty you are about Burks. I agree. By the way, if he went to Bama, they would have already given him the Heisman. I mean – it's just that he's so good, you know, and just doesn't get the, the credit he deserves. And a lot of it is just people not paying attention. Norman Hunt says, do you think Pittman deserves national coach of the year? I do. I mean, here's the deal. The coach that's going to get it in the SEC is Kirby Smart. And the reason is because Georgia's just on another level, even for how good Georgia has been. Saban's not going to win it for losing a game, you know, even though, you know, his body of work probably deserves it. I mean, it's not like every coach that comes through Alabama just wins like he does. But Pittman, I mean, 
he's seven and four. At the same time, if you're going to make the case for Pittman, do you make the case for Lane Kiffin? You know, because Kiffin, they've got a better record. They're ranked higher. And, you know, he kind of took over. I mean, he didn't take over the same situation. But if you're just, like, looking, like, where the program was, Arkansas was the worst Power 5 team in the country, in my opinion, the last, you know, two years, 18 and 19. And he's taken them in a very short time to relevance nationally to where they can knock off just about anybody. I mean, they can literally probably knock off – there might be – two teams in the country, maybe Ohio State, maybe in Georgia, that they don't have a chance against. And I don't say they don't have a chance. And who knows how that Georgia game would play out right now because Arkansas is a better team than they were when they faced Georgia. And they were beat up. But nobody's taken, nobody's made as big improvement as Arkansas has from last year to this year. But Georgia's improved a lot too. Kirby Smart's going to get that award. Rocky Carter says – I thought they played great other than the secondary. Yep, there's just a huge difference in talent trying to cover their receivers. And if you give Young that much time, he's going to pick you apart. They gave him a lot of time. I mean, there was one time, like when they, on that sack where they backed him up and they had to kick the long field goal that they missed. I mean, I literally counted 10 seconds that he's just sitting there. Like, I mean, like, I understand you feel comfortable back there, but let's not get ridiculous here. 10 seconds. Lane Hancock says, do you think having Jalen Cattle on the field would have made a big difference in the Bama? I absolutely do, especially since, you know, they were getting the, – the safeties just didn't have a great game. They just didn't have a great game at all. Landon Montgomery says, how does the secondary let the deep ball go with eight deep? I don't know. I, I'm right there with you. Landon Montgomery says, Browse killed the momentum after the fumble on the one. Dive left, dive right, incomplete pass punt. I mean, they were backed up on their own end. I mean, I guess the other option is just to throw deep. Definitely don't want to take a sack back there. Doug Kennedy says linebackers aren't in deep coverage. Replying, Doug Kennedy replying to Landon Montgomery. Mike Hartzell says, hell, Lane, not only the Bama game, but also the Ole Miss game. Not sure what you mean. George Ulmer says, Trey, what do you think about our two-minute package down two scores? It took us 3.30 to get down the field, and I couldn't help but notice we were still running play action. Do you – I was I was not thrilled with, like, running the ball or quarterback draws and stuff, you know, when you're down two scores and you got to – I thought that they probably should have should have thrown – you know, tried to throw down field a little bit more. I agree with you on that. Kenny Harris says, wish we could put more pressure on the quarterback tired of them being able to just sit and wait until receivers open. Yeah, I mean, if you don't get pressure with Trey Williams or any of those three-man front guys, and that's kind of how, it, how it's shaking out. I mean, it's, it's a double-edged sword. You know, you blitz him and you leave receivers open. But, heck, at that point, you know, it's nothing <laughs> – they're trying different things. It's not like they're just, like, doing the same thing. They still have the three-man front, but – Corey Barton says, regardless, I'm proud of what they've become. They're playing hard and honestly hung in there with Alabama when it's the last time we could say that. Dontrell Wesley says, end of the day, I'm a proud Razorback. Elder Reginald Allen says, Trey, why does Kendall play calling seem so suspect, questionable? It's like he runs the same plays in the same order every game. I don't know about that. I thought they were pretty diversified. Now, again, I – I wasn't thrilled with that last drive in terms of, like, the first few plays because I'm thinking, like, trying to win the game here, you know, maybe you should be throwing it. But I don't expect perfection out of anybody. I mean, Arkansas put up a ton of yards against a really good defense. People are hard on Kendall Browse. I just – Arkansas has come a long way offensively, and a lot of that is because of Kendall Browse. 
Sir Williams says, which running back, if any, would you like to see in a receiver role, possibly next year with our depth in the backfield? That's a that's a question that you have because you want me to say Rocket Sanders because that's been a lot of talk. Um, I think Arkansas could probably use some help in the transfer portal. I don't want to see them change anything. Now, we don't know what's going to happen with Traylon Smith. He's a redshirt senior. He can come back if he wants to or he can can move on. You know, we don't know what's going to happen with him. But, um, you know, look at Alabama right now. They had two healthy scholarship running backs in that last game. You know, you need to make sure that you have a good number of running backs. And Arkansas has Javion Hunt, who hasn't really played any. Um, they got a couple of guys coming in who are freshmen. I don't know. Maybe you look at something like that. I still think Rocket Sanders, when he's healthy, can be a really good running back. And he's been banged up. He's banged up right now. He's banged up for that game. Uh, and some people probably don't know that. But, uh, I mean, I think you can do a lot of things with him, catching the ball out of the backfield and stuff. So, I don't know. Maybe you mix him up. Maybe he's a, a hybrid type of guy who does some wide receiver, does some running back. Um, but he definitely needs to be on the field and, and hopefully on the field more, and especially probably next year. But they've got to get some guys shored up at wide receiver. They've got a couple coming in, uh, Isaiah Satania, Quincy McAdoo. But may, may, may need to look for some help in the transfer portal. They need Keechon Jackson uh, to start coming on. They need Warren Thompson to be more consistent. You know, losing Burks, if they lose him, nothing's been said. But if they do, which I think most of us are thinking that's going to happen, uh, that's going to be a tough one because he is a bona fide playmaker. But we've seen guys, you know, come and go. It's just how college football is. Guys come, they're not here for, you know, three or four years, five years, and, and they move on. All right. I think we're going to wrap it up there. I would have gone longer, but I've literally gone 25 more minutes than this because <laughs> we didn't record the show or we didn't have any audio going. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up because we got some other things to go. Heck, I'm going to miss football practice if I don't hurry up. All right, everybody. Appreciate you joining me. Thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate Danny West for hopping on, providing his insight with Razorback Recruiting and his analysis. And thanks to all of you for supporting the show. Really appreciate it. And uh, this will be the last show this week until the walk and talk after the Missouri game. Watch out for Curtis Wilkerson. He'll be doing stand-ups after each basketball game. Um, it'll be a late one tonight because the game's at 8 o'clock. But uh, be looking out for Curtis Wilkerson uh, and his stand-ups, Hog Hoops Live. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining me. This has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time.